This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Mockery. The Humiliation. Cheering his defeat as Trump was driven back to the White House. And the purge begins. President Trump has just fired his defense secretary. Plus, pandemic vaccine breakthrough. The drug giant Pfizer announced it has evidence that its planned coronavirus vaccine works. They're going to have millions of doses by the end of this year. But will election elation across America spread the virus? Then, the new first family. First daughter, Ashley, the dancing queen, and Alex what we've learned about Alex Trebek's final days, his last moments with his wife, and the bucket list surprise that brought Trebek to tears, and the show must go on, the Miss USA pageant, all in one Zoom. edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. President-elect Joe Biden is wasting no time taking steps to, as he put it, rebuild and restore the United States. But President Trump is not admitting defeat and continues to make unproven claims of election fraud. Stephen Fabian begins our coverage. Will the president ever concede? Some are saying never. Defiant in defeat and refusing to concede. With no public events on the schedule today, the embattled president is holed up in the White House, weighing his options. We're learning that there's a bit of a tug of war behind the scenes here with some people close to the president, including First Lady Melania Trump, sort of counseling the president to perhaps consider accepting reality and conceding to President-elect Joe Biden. On the but right after that report aired on CNN, the First Lady made it clear on Twitter that like her husband, she's not ready to give up. The American people deserve fair elections. Every legal, not illegal, vote should be counted. I spoke to former White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci. The president is a very sore loser, and so that every day that goes by, it's a reinforcement of why he should not have been in that office. He can't accept the fact that he was defeated by the vice president. The president was playing golf at his country club in Virginia when the networks finally called the election for Joe Biden. He seemed his old self, even posing with newlyweds. Have a great life, But as he returned to the White House, he was forced to drive through a humiliating gauntlet. Huge crowds taunting him, rejoicing in his defeat. 
His motorcade was diverted to avoid the jeering masses who had gathered in front of the White House. His expression, anger and confusion. The celebrations continued into the night and across the nation. <laughs> Actress Jennifer Lawrence was so elated she was seen dancing in her PJs on the street in Boston where she's making a movie. Saturday Night Live really rubbed it in. He's a loser and it's killing him. His former fixer Michael Cohen predicts Trump won't stick around for the inauguration. My theory is that, you know, Christmas time, he heads to Mar-a-Lago. And I don't believe he comes back to Washington. I think he stays at Mar-a-Lago all the way through the inauguration. Trump's niece, Mary Trump, who wrote the expose, Too Much and Never Enough, is predicting chaos in the weeks ahead. All he's got now is breaking stuff, and he's going to do that with a vengeance. Sure enough, Trump just fired the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, via Twitter. The president just let us know by Twitter that he has terminated Mark Esper and is instead going to put an acting defense secretary in his place. But many Trump allies are urging him to fight on. Tom Yamas is ABC's chief okay. national affairs correspondent. Who is telling him, no, you got to keep fighting? What is clear is that people like Rudy Giuliani and some of his own children, including Don Jr., have, have advocated to keep fighting and fight till the end on this. I believe President Trump still has a path to victory, and that path is to count every single legal vote that was cast. Trump has not lost. Do not concede, Mr. President. Fight hard. Lindsey Graham spoke okay, to Trump Senator, on Sunday and advised him to run again in 2024. He said, quote, I would encourage President Trump to not let this movement die, to consider running again. Here's how another ardent Trump booster, televangelist Kenneth Copeland, reacted to the news of his defeat. The media said Joe Biden's president. <laughs> Other news today, incredibly hopeful news on the vaccine front as Pfizer announced its COVID vaccine has a better than 90 percent efficacy. And that news couldn't come at a better time. The United States today surpassed 10 million COVID cases. Amber Cagliano has more. Massive crowds across America rejoiced in the wake of the networks calling the race for Joe Biden. But now there's growing concern that these celebrations could become super spreader events. They are not socially distancing. I hate to be a, a, a scold here, um, but we just had the highest day of infections in the United States. And look at this, ecstatic fans rushing the field following the big Notre Dame victory over Clemson. Look at that sea of humanity. I am worried that anytime you get crowds, uh, you can start seeing super spreader events. With cold weather around the corner, the news that the Pfizer vaccine is 90% effective could not be coming at a more crucial time. The drug giant Pfizer announced it has evidence that its planned coronavirus vaccine works. What's the significance of this vaccine development? Yeah, so, you know, what we've been expecting is a vaccine that might be 60 or at best 70% effective. And at that level, while it helps a lot in controlling the pandemic, it certainly doesn't make the pandemic go away. Once you get vaccines that are 90 plus percent effective, it really starts making a very big difference. 
At one point, the stock market soared 1,600 points to an all-time high. The big question, when will the vaccine be ready for all of us? What they've said is they're going to have millions of doses by the end of this year. Uh, but we're going to need to get hundreds of millions of Americans and billions of people around the world vaccinated. So I expect that we're really talking about I suspect April, May, June before most Americans end up having access to this vaccine. Conspiracy theories are swirling about the announcement which came down just six days after the tightly contested national election that saw Joe Biden emerge victorious. The timing of this is pretty amazing, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted. Nothing nefarious about the timing of this at all, right? At a September rally in Jacksonville, President Trump suggested his opponents were orchestrating a delay in the vaccine to undermine his chances. We will have a vaccine so soon you won't even believe it. Although they're trying to do a little bit of a political hit, let's let's today it's just a little bit. You notice that? But Pfizer says it has never taken any money from the U.S. government or from anyone to intentionally distance the vaccine from politics. Today, President-elect Biden unveiled his coronavirus task force, underscoring the virus will be his administration's top priority. He said the vaccine is great news, but warned that dark days lie ahead. The projections still indicate we could lose 200,000 more lives in the coming months before a vaccine can be made widely available. As you work toward a safe and effective vaccine, we know the single most effective thing we can do to stop the spread of COVID is wear a mask. It was a crowded stage as President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris invited their families and their extended families on stage in Delaware Saturday night. Now America's getting to know who's who. It was the moment the Biden clan came together as America's new first family. Hunter Biden, carrying his eight-month-old son, Beau, led the family parade. The president-elect kissed little Beau, named for his deceased son. Then he hugged Hunter, whose tumultuous personal life cast a shadow over the campaign. And here they are, granddaughter Natalie, grandson Robert, daughter Ashley, Joe and Jill Biden, son Hunter, grandson Beau, Hunter's wife Melissa, and granddaughter Finnegan. 39-year-old Ashley was seen dancing for joy as granddaughter Naomi clung tightly to the president-elect. In his rousing acceptance speech, Biden spoke of his love for his family. I would not be here without her love and tireless support of Jill and my son Hunter and Ashley, my daughter, and all our grandchildren. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris celebrated the historic moment with her family, stepkids Cole and Ella, her niece Mina, and her daughters. Good evening. She wore a white Carolina Herrera pantsuit with a pussy bow. The vice president-elect's husband, Doug Emhoff, is also making history as America's first second gentleman. Here he is, a a high-powered attorney who is setting aside his career for the ambitions of his wife. Uh, This is not the common practice in Washington, D.C. The 56-year-old entertainment lawyer is very protective. When a protester grabbed the mic from his wife at a campaign event last year, he leapt on stage to help subdue him. How far she's come. In 2001, her date, talk show host Montel Williams, had to introduce her to the paparazzi at a red carpet event. 
Now the whole world knows who she is. And tributes continue to pour in for Jeopardy host Alex Trebek, who lost his battle against stage four pancreatic cancer over the weekend. The iconic game show host spent his final days surrounded by his closest family and friends. Jim Murray has more. We're learning more about the final days of beloved TV icon Alex Trebek. The 80-year-old said he wanted to spend his last moments on his backyard swing with wife Jean. Jeopardy's executive producer Mike Richards says that's exactly what happened. He described that he wanted his final day to be sitting on his swing next to his wife Jean um, and kind of watching the horizon and he got to do that. He was coherent. He wasn't in pain. Trebek's final day in the Jeopardy! studio was October 29th. New episodes will continue to air, and Trebek's final episode will be on Christmas Day. Producers say they have no plans to announce a replacement at this time, although Trebek had joked that 98-year-old Betty White would be his choice for a replacement. On our what ended up being our, our final day taping, I knew he was in an enormous amount of pain, and, and as he was leaving, I saw him at the door, and I said, you know, that was maybe the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And he, he kind of had, had his head down. He looked up and he said, well, thank you. Jeopardy! contestant Bert Thacker was on last Thursday's episode and choked up when he credited Trebek for helping him learn English as an immigrant. So growing up, um, my, uh, my grandfather would sit me on his lap and we'd watch you. And uh, I credit you for my perfect diction. So thank you. Trebek well, had great. this humorous response. I had a similar situation with my grandfather. I would sit on his lap and he would teach me to swear. <laughs> How much of an impact did he have on your life growing up? The impact uh, was tremendous. It's indescribable. Did he seem healthy? You could just tell something wasn't right. He was moving slowly. Um, you could tell he was in pain. Trebek has known his time was coming to an end since announcing he had stage four pancreatic cancer last year. He prepared his bucket list, one of which he fulfilled. So bye, bye, Miss American Pie. American Pie singer Don McLean is revealing that Trebek asked him to perform at the Jeopardy Christmas party last year. He shared these photos, saying Trebek told him the cancer treatment made his skin red. He didn't show the least bit of weakness or self-pity or fear. People were aware of what was going on. They were trying to be happy, but there was sadness underneath it. Dr. Oz was a good friend of Trebek. What I most admired was his focus on the viewers. He, he recognized he wanted to show up for them, be as big for them as he could. If, it, if he couldn't beat the cancer, uh, he would fight it with, with the grace and courage that he demonstrated. So Alex Trebek was a good and decent man. He will be missed. Next, the show Alaska. must go on. The Miss USA pageant, all in one Zoom. Plus, President Trump danced to it. Now, Joe Biden supporters are trolling him with it. Do you think the YMCA could be a healing song for our nation? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Here they are, the 51 Miss USA contestants getting ready for tonight's big competition in the midst of a global pandemic. It's 51 beauty queens all in one Zoom call. 
Inside Edition caught up with the contestants for the Miss USA pageant from their hotel rooms in Memphis next to Elvis's mansion. Despite the pandemic, the show must go on. The preliminary round, including the swimsuit competition, was held over the weekend. The contestants are all staying in a bubble-like atmosphere. It definitely has been very weird to see everyone and not be able to hug. Tonight's big show will be live streamed from the soundstage inside Graceland. Only 300 people will be allowed in the socially distanced audience. California. Several contestants are high risk, like Miss California, who's immunocompromised from Lyme disease, which she has had since she was two years old. Miss Universe organization has truly gone above and beyond with daily temperature checks, health screening, quarantining, the social distancing, the mask mandates that we've been abiding by, that I really haven't felt unsafe at my time here. Utah! The pageant is making history this year with their first openly bisexual contestant, Miss Utah. It's definitely a lot of responsibility because I'm speaking for a community of people that have never once had this opportunity or this voice before at Miss USA. Michigan! And Miss Michigan has an interesting day job. She's a probation officer. You're probably the only probation officer that the people come and check in every month on schedule. Um, yeah, they're pretty timely. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> now these 51 beauties are ready to mask up and compete for the Miss USA crown. Bye! Bye! Bye. Tonight's winner will compete in the Miss Universe pageant, but the date of that pageant hasn't been announced because of COVID. When we come back, how the disco hit YMCA is popular with both political parties. And we'll get a react from the founder of the Village People. It's the unlikely song that punctuated the presidential campaign. The Village People's hit YMCA. President Trump danced to it. Biden supporters trolled him with it. Megan Alexander spoke with the group's founder about this 40-year-old song that is suddenly hot again. It's become President Trump's signature song. But this weekend, crowds across America sang YMCA to mock the president and cheer Joe Biden's victory. Victor Willis founded the Village People. He plays the cop. Victor, what was your first reaction when you heard President Trump was using the YMCA on stage at his campaign rallies? Well, first, uh, I was uncomfortable. And then um, I, I got elated. I, I was uh, excited to see how so many people enjoying the song. Two weeks ago, SNL spoofed the Village People song, which was a disco hit back in 1979. And over the weekend, they were at it again, as Alec Baldwin, playing the defeated president, sang a melancholy version of another Village People hit, Macho Man. I've got to be a macho man. No big surprise, like YMCA, Macho Man is now also back on the charts. Now it's into the uh, Billboard Top 100. It should be in, in the top 10 next week. Do you think the YMCA could be a healing song for our nation? I think it is. I think it's doing that, bringing people together on both sides. 
Just this last March, the U.S. Library of Congress added YMCA to the National Recording Registry. That preserves music considered to be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. When we come back, a scary free fall. Finally today, a hot air balloon ride with a twist. It's a heart-stopping moment on a hot air balloon. A guy is losing his grip as he hangs over the basket. I can't hold on. Don't you Tommy. let me go. Tommy! Don't you let me go. No! It turns out to be a practical joke. The dude had a parachute all along. No! Oh, I would be so angry. Thank God he's okay. That's Inside Edition for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.